four of whom were English. He robbed everyone down to the Gringos Arrieros in charge of the mule train, and departed on his bay horse. A fool among the visitors grabbed one of the weapons the Calexico kid had confiscated and flung away, and fired at the back of the loping bandit, who twisted in the saddle without drawing rein and fired back. He hit the stranger squarely in the middle of the chest. And so something else was added to the legend of the Calexico kid. He was one of the finest marksmen in the entire Southwest. It was somewhat later, still early in the year, but edging toward summer, when Deputy U.S. Marshal Dent Foster from Denver arrived in the southwestern desert, the result of that mail robbery. He was a pale-eyed, graying, taciturn veteran of twelve years in federal law enforcement, altogether ordinary. In his earlier years, he had worked in the Southwest. Most recently, he had been involved in the cattle and sheep wars in the Montana-Wyoming country. He had been selected for his present assignment because he knew the southwestern desert and spoke passable Spanish. He had been provided with names of lawmen to contact, but when he arrived in Nogales, he settled in at the hotel, ate at both the local Gringo Town Cafe and the cantina over in Mextown, contacted none of the lawmen whose names he had been given, and in his own unhurried, amiable way, settled in. Because his habit was to retire early and arise the same way, he was one of the first customers of the Gringo Town Cafe, whose proprietor was one of those fleshy individuals who sweated when no one else did, was pale in a country where few others were, and used his apron to wipe sweat off his chin. He said, Well, the son of a bitch done it again, only this time he didn't kill no one. Dent Foster raised a mildly interested glance. Ooh, he asked. That damn Mexican outlaw, the Calexico kid. The fleshy man leaned across his pie table opposite Marshal Foster and crossed large arms over his chest. One of his three other diners paid up, grunted, and left. One of the remaining diners said, It's about time folks done something. I've been hauling freight down here for five years, always worrying about that damn renegade popping out of the brush. What's the point in having the law if no one makes it work? This diner also paid up and departed. Only this time the departing diner stamped out of the cafe angry. The remaining diner, an older man, nearly bald with a half-moon scar down the left side of his face, leaned back, discreetly belched, and arose with twinkling eyes. He counted out silver, placed it beside his plate, and headed for the door as he said, "'Nobody asked me, but if they did, I'd make a guess this Calexico kid gets blamed for every crime that happens.' It's got so that no matter what happens, someone steals a horse, robs a chicken house, run off with someone's woman, the Calexico kid done it. The cafe man waited until the roadway door closed, then grumbled, Danged old screw-up, he never agrees with anybody. Dent Foster gazed at the fleshy man, decided the cafe man was one of those people who, once convinced, would die before they'd admit they could be wrong, paid up, and also left the cafe. 
Up at the saloon, he finally heard the details. The barman was a sharp-featured, lantern-jawed person with the characteristics of a natural minder of other folks' business and gossip. He leaned on the bar as though imparting a confidence when he said, You heard about the latest raid? Dent Foster shook his head. It was a Calexico kid again. This time he got the money box off the southbound evening stage yesterday. Foster said, Where? He was answered in a lowered voice accompanied by a conspiratorial wink. Between here and Patagonia, right smack dab in Dave Wheaton's backyard, so to speak. The saloon man straightened up. Now let's see what that danged blowhard can do. Dent Foster did not know whether the town marshal was a blowhard or not. He'd seen him around town, but hadn't met him.